today. Finally, justice is served in the Jesse Smollett case and judges are ordering children now to get the COVID-19 vaccine. We've got all that and much more on this Friday and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and White Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and yes, it is Friday in what has seemed like the longest week ever, at least for me. I don't know about any else, uh, anyone else, but uh, we do have a full table today. It should be a good time. We've got uh, Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and uh, host of For Canon's Sake, which you can find on YouTube. Also, John Doyle, who is also a Blaze TV contributor. This is true. This, this is very exciting. Also host of Heck Off Commie. True. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being That's here. That's a great name. Isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's, it's aged so well, too, because it's kind of like a cringeworthy joke now, yeah. but that sort of like out of touch, like, oh, he's just a stupid kid, has served me very well on YouTube because <laughs> I'm radicalizing the youth, but at the same time, every time it gets flagged and, you know, some like blue hair administrators in charge of looking over the content, they click on it and they're like, this kid's a dork, and then they just click off and I'm okay. So I think a lot of that can be attributed to how stupid the name is, actually. There, it was all, just say it was all planned. That it was way. all. These it people was, are playing checkers. I'm playing chess. All playing that way. Also, uh, here again, Ariel Scarcella, culture oh, commentator, this is, this is digital creator. She's got a YouTube as well. You got to check it out. Um, this should be a, a fun time with all of you YouTubers here. So let's get into Jesse Smollett. I myself am very excited to uh, to talk about this one. So Jesse Smollett found guilty on uh, five of six counts of felony disorderly conduct yesterday evening. Uh, this was, of course, the whole hate crime hoax that happened in Chicago. Um, <laughs> This is, look, I'm as just telling know, you what the- Chicago's MAGA country, as you know, right? Yes, like, Of course yes, this happened there. Yes. So it was going to happen anywhere. The, he said the red hat wearing uh, MAGA Trump supporters came, attacked him, put a noose around his neck. Uh, there was a Subway sandwich involved. He was very upset because he just wanted to eat a sandwich. In fact, so much so that even after uh, he had the sandwich and was attacked, he did continue with the sandwich, uh, also did keep the noose around his neck. So really odd uh, discrepancies in his story. But as it played out in the justice system, uh, the jury decided that he is guilty on five of six counts. Uh, so, but I, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. Okay, not, not only is is he is he making black people look stupid, he's making gay people look stupid. How can you fake a crime that badly? The, well, like that, honestly, that's true. It was really, really bad from the start. Who the first of all, what what homophobe carries a noose in their trunk randomly? If you're Italian, you carry a bat. No, well, no, Trump no, supporters, no, naturally. No, Trump supporters. Trump yeah, supporters, naturally. So let me, I, I want to get your thoughts on how all of this has played out. But I also want to just give a refresher of the types of things, not only that he was saying at this time that he alleged that this crime happened, but also uh, what, you know, top leaders of the Democrat Party, just leaders of the country in general, were saying about this alleged hate crime. So let's listen first to Jesse Smollett. He did an interview. This was like the big exclusive interview at Good Morning America with Robin Roberts. They're like, Jesse Smollett finally breaks his silence on this case. Uh, let's listen to what he has to say. It feels like if I had said it was a Muslim or a Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more. 
a lot more. And that says a lot about the place that we are in our country right now. The fact that we have these fear mongols, these people that are trying to separate us mm. and mm -hmm. it's just not okay. Mm -hmm. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack? I could only go off of their words. Mm. I mean, who says empire this I, MAGA country? I know who. I know who says that. Ties a noose around your neck uh -huh. and pours bleach on you. And this is just a friendly fight. I will never be the man that this did not happen to. <laughs> I am forever changed. Literally, he's Literally, the man that you're this the did man not happen to. Literally, but I do subscribe to the idea that we have the right and the responsibility to make something meaningful out of the things that happen to us, good mm. and bad. Mm -hmm. I think that what people need to hear is just the truth. Mm. It's just the really? truth. I have fought hmm. for love. I'm an advocate. I respect too much the people who I am now one of those people mm. who have been attacked in any way. You do such a disservice when you lie about things <gasps> like this. Oh, do you do a disservice when you lie about things like this? And guys, I, I want to get your thoughts, but let me, I would be remiss if I did not play uh, Jesse Smollett, who, by the way, I don't think is a great actor to begin with, but here is Jesse Smollett crying these <laughs> crocodile tears over what happened to him. The only problem is that he did it literally to himself. Watch. <laughs> if the attackers are never found, how will you be uh -oh, able to heal? Can't talk. Um, You're choked up. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's just hope that they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's not go there yet. Let's um. <laughs> I was talking to a friend, and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, What the hell is that? Sweetie, they're not gonna. Find them. <laughs> that just made me so angry because. So I'm just gonna be Even God is this. like, he's lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just gonna be My left mom would have said that's the truth. <laughs> with, with like, Maybe. so they get to go free and go about their life and possibly attack someone else. Like, and I'm here to left with, the, left with the aftermath of this pool. That's oh. not cool to me. That's not okay. That's so so I understand how difficult it will be to find them, but we gotta, I still want to believe with everything that has happened, mm. that there's something called justice. Me too, and it oh. sounds like it was served yesterday uh, when Jesse Smollett was found guilty of five of six of these counts. By the way, I don't know if you guys heard the commotion, but there was like a light that burst um, that, <laughs> God that we were like, reacting to because God was like, absolutely not, he is lying. I am going to make myself known. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? Oh man, half black, uh, famous French actor. Juicy Smollier uh, <laughs> and all of his moronic nonsense. This was glorious to see play out, but it really what tripped them up is Hollywood sort of disconnect from just the real world. Because when you listen to, for example, what he said, the story itself shouldn't have been believable, but I guess it was believable uh, to him. But you listen to what he says, and he's talking about if it was someone that was like black or, or something, mm -hmm. then it wouldn't have, uh, they, he would have gotten more support, and I just 
can't find myself agreeing with that. We probably wouldn't have even heard about it. It wouldn't have been as attractive of a story if it wasn't some MAGA hat wearing uh, white supremacist homophobe. I seem to recall MAGA hat wearers actually getting attacked yeah. and that not being covered. Yeah, in the media. exactly. So that's, you know, it, it, that's what tripped them up, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you come up with this unbelievable story because you're completely detached from reality. But as I said, when the story broke a couple of years ago, I mean, like the far the demand for racism and homophobia, to be fair, far outweighs the uh, sort of <laughs> the, the existence of it. It's just not there to the degree that they want it to be. But that should tell Americans something there and that, look, you want to talk about the state of, of this country where we have rewarded victimhood. It's basically treated as a currency. And this is why weirdos come up with these false fraud stories uh, to present themselves as like these guys that have survived such a vicious uh, attack, even though that is never the case. And, yeah, we can talk all day long about how. Yeah, that sucks for people that have actually experienced, which ain't that many to be fair, have actually experienced what, let's say, he has experienced. But I'd rather much talk about the fact that we reward victimhood, not we, but you get the country at large. And everybody that went to, including the president and the vice president, jump into this guy's support immediately, having not vetted anything. And it's because it perpetuates a world that they want to exist, but it doesn't actually uh, exist. And if they have to try to speak it, in, speak it into existence, that's exactly what they are going to do. That is the fundamental problem, I would say, uh, w- with this country, that a story like that can gain legs and b- people believe it and not even even vet it. It just goes to show how we've been rewarding uh, victimhood because, again, it's treated as a currency. Yeah. John, to Eric's point, uh, vice president of the United States called this a modern day lynching on her Twitter account. Yeah, that's actually the opposite of true. But she actually, I I said this recently, and a lot of people were kind of like conditioned into this sort of Hillary Clinton's the worst. But I think when you really think about it, she's actually more unlikable than Hillary Clinton even. Like in terms of the history of American (laughs) politics, I would make the argument that she is the least likable person to ever have any sort of public influence. But to Eric's point, like illustrating it in terms of like a supply and demand graph is so true because they have such a strong demand for these sort of incidents to happen in order to justify their narratives, but they're not happening. And so they have to like manufacture them. And it is really like a lottery where uh, maybe I can't speak to the experience of black Americans, but like, you know, if I got called like the N-word, that'd be like the greatest thing to ever have to me because I know <laughs> I'm going to get the interview. I'm going to get the check because yeah. no yeah. one has the balls to say, hey, maybe allegedly getting called the N-word while working at Tesla isn't, work o- isn't worth over $100 million. <laughs> like at best, it's like, hey, man, sorry about my friend. Can I buy you a beer or something? Yeah. Like it's not like actually that big of a deal. I don't think. Am, am I in the ballpark there? Well, yeah, but, no, I mean, no, they, no. But, but like they called themselves that sometimes. So yeah. you would think that it wouldn't and, be that big and that's of a deal, the thing right? Too, like, even when white people say that word now, they're not saying it to denigrate black people. They're saying it because they want to participate in like the in popular the culture. culture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which like black people have always had a very strong stake in like popular culture because they've influenced virtually every popular genre of music since like we stopped using stringed instruments. Well, I should say classically stringed instruments. So like now there have been instances even where you know Kendrick Lamar, I think, he had a concert and then he brought like a white girl on stage to rap and she like accidentally said and then he like oh, has like oh, 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 yeah, they like yeah. sick the mom at her and like ruined her life. Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate. But yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> there was a man with a funny mu- uh, mustache who once said that the bigger the lie, the easier it is for the people to believe it. And he, he had a, a lie that was big enough to where 
they were willing to jump on it, but it wasn't quite big enough to where it's like, okay, wait, this actually like straight up didn't happen. Like he's talking about bleach and nooses and all of these things. And it's like, that just doesn't happen because we all operate in political cir uh, mm -hmm. circles and we kind of know, you know, we dip our toes into areas where people might actually like be racist. That's like not how racist people actually talk. Like racist right. people don't right. say things like that anymore. That's like this well, very- sneaky about it. Exactly. That's like a very, I went to public school and they told us how this is what racist yeah. people did <laughs> seven years ago. And like, this is what they're doing now. And you just don't realize it. It's like, this is not the case. Yeah. Ariel. I, you said it best. Yeah. I think you, you nailed it. I think that if it, it's the same reason why, it, the, the reason it's going viral or that it went viral a little, for a little while at least was because it fits the democratic progressive narrative yeah. that this is a racist country. Yeah. And then we have, you know, the black man driving into six, whatever mm -hmm. it was, killing mm -hmm. six people in Waukesha. Uh, and and that was barely covered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it was an SUV. It right. wasn't it was a man. It wasn't a black man. It was an SUV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And not even people. They were like white people. And this right. guy was an yeah. admitted black nationalist. And yep. it's like, their their bar for these sort of narratives is so inverted. Where you had a story last summer or two summers ago, I should say, where there was a five year old white kid named Cannon Hinnon mm -hmm. who was executed in his front lawn in front of his his siblings uh, by a black man. And it's like. If, and this is such a tired take, but it's true, like if the roles were reversed, mm -hmm. you'd never stop hearing about that. But you look at the people who they idolize at martyr status, like literally painting wings on them and halos, people like George Floyd, Weird, who was a degenerate mm -hmm. criminal, amateur porn star, robbing pregnant women at gunpoint, and it's like that's their bar for like what it takes to be a hero in these narratives. But it's like when the roles are reversed and you have white people being targeted by black people, whether it's a kid or even like a, a mass act of violence with like a van, it's like they don't want to cover it. And it's just- It's, it's bizarre behavior. It, yeah. it's, it's desperate. It's like, why would they be propping up these terrible Well, that's because they can't find anything else, so they kind of try to latch on to what already... Uh, they don't have any good people. Exactly, so they have to make martyrs <laughs> out of guess. these people. Yeah. Again, because in the they, Democratic Party, they're so, they're so desperate for these things to be true that they'll latch on to anybody and everybody, which is why they tend to paint halos with some of the worst possible people mm -hmm. they possibly can, because these instances simply aren't existing to the degree that they would like them to exist. So you gotta try to find it where you can find it, or even a Juicy Small Yay's uh, case, you just make you it make up. It up. I was going to say, make just it make it up. Yeah. Yeah. Even with uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, like that one guy, I think Rosenbaum, yeah. they were tweeting about him like, rest in peace, he died <laughs> fighting for justice. Joe, and, Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe. and you look at his record, not only was he like sodomizing children, yeah. He had like just gotten out of the mental hospital that day. He had been affiliated with like actual like skinheads, mm -hmm. and he just like that wasn't even the worst decision he, was he made. The like, yeah, that evening yeah. at a Black Lives Matter riot. Which, yeah. and I've said this before, but like there was no way that guy was gonna make it out. <laughs> like, like Long he was time, on borrowed baby. time the second he started doing that at that event. Uh, all right, well let's let's go ahead and, and take a break. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So uh, you know, times are hard right now when you are a conservative. You sometimes feel like. Like we're, we're talking about this right now. You sometimes feel like everyone is against you. You have mainstream media who's calling you all sorts of things. Uh, you just you can't go somewhere where you feel like you're accepted. Well, what you can do is, uh, you know, buy from companies that believe what you and I believe. And, you know, we have to stick together now more than ever. There is one mobile phone company that has stood for defense of liberty, religious freedom and more since 2012. That is Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They have the same nationwide coverage. It's 2021. So it's the same coverage that all of the major carriers use. It's the same towers that they all use. And Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer support. 
But more importantly, they share your values and they support organizations that are fighting for the things that you are fighting for, like religious freedom, sanctity of life, the things like the Constitution, which are lost on the other side of things. So they will even take a portion of your money, donate it to those causes. All right. Don't go with Big Mobile. You got to go to patriotmobile.com slash news. You can get free activation with the offer code news. By the way, if you're a veteran or first responder, they're going to give you a discount on top of their already awesome prices. Support a company that loves America and loves and shares your values over at patriotmobile.com slash news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. The Supreme Court this morning ruled that a lawsuit by abortion providers against the state of Texas over its abortion law may proceed despite arguments by Texas that the way the law was written uh, made it so that parties could not they couldn't sue against the law until it was actually enforced. Uh, and uh, Neil Gorsuch led this particular uh, opinion. He said the court concludes that the petitioners may pursue a pre-enforcement challenge against certain of the named defendants, but not others. The court also let the law remain in effect pending the legal challenges. So while they will hear the case, uh, they will allow, allow the case to proceed, uh, the law still will remain in effect pending these legal challenges. Uh, this ruling is just procedural. It's obviously not going to be the final word on the constitutionality. It's just interesting because as we are hearing about this, we also know that the court was hearing arguments about the case in Mississippi, uh, and we still have yet to find out what exactly they are going to rule on that. But certainly with the line of questioning that we heard, um, specifically with the case in Mississippi, uh, which, by the way, we're not going to hear about probably until spring, so we've got a while to wait. But it did seem like with the line of questioning and the way it was going, there will be some changes made. What, I don't know, but now all of a sudden they are, they're willing to, to hear these uh, cases on abortion law made by the states. Um, I am going to gather that we may have differing opinions on uh, the legality or constitutionality of abortion, um, but want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I mean, with me, I think more than anything, it shows what actually happens in the general response when the people on the quote-unquote right get on the offensive for once in yeah. their life. Yeah. Um, we saw this a little bit as well with the whole, with, with the gun issues and, you know, with finally conservatives wake up and finally decide, oh, instead of just being on the defense when they want to ban something, how about we just make it uh, a lot more easier for people to be able to legally possess a weapon. Right. But they'll send, of course, the courts uh, after you and try to do everything that they can to appeal. This particular subject, though, has always been bizarre to me um, just because of the way we talk about abortion like kind of in in this country is like it's the only thing basically you have right that you have as a woman and any threat upon that and i'll let you kind of speak more to that than I, than I ever could is a threat to womanhood altogether yeah and it's a weird kind of thing i guess you can say that that kind of exists in some other sub uh not cultures but like races and other stuff where it's like the only thing that it means to be that is exactly that but and this I, one in particular i feel is pretty contrary to you would think what it means to but, be a woman. Yeah, I mean, I would think that. I yeah. mean, that's my opinion. But hey, I'm just a just a man. Um, and yeah, I can't you're, you don't want to mansplain these women. Explain. You're not allowed, actually, Eric, to that's have true. any opinion on abortion. Why even ask me anything? Right. Why am I even on the show? I White should just telling get both black of you. Can't have <laughs> an opinion. <laughs> uh, because that's what I'm told is yeah. that because you are men, even though you share 50 uh, percent of the DNA within that child. Yeah. 
you're not allowed to but have that's an opinion more, because that's you're a man. frustration I with agree. this because obviously uh, I, I am you know a pro-life libertarian but it's always my frustration with this whole conversation this is a little deviating from from the supreme court case in that folks act like i can't have or people act like you cannot have a position on that as if it has virtually no impact mm -hmm. on on a, a father or potential yeah. father what is a father uh, anyway though yeah that's true uh, any event that let's say someone goes through with a, an, yeah. an unwanted ab uh, abortion let's say the father didn't want that that could be a very traumatic experience and in fact i know people that uh people that i grew up with that have had to go go through that and they act like that's not that doesn't exist because woman's bodies and blah 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 it's, it's a really a, weird way that we converse about this topic in this country. Yeah. Uh, let me just, John, I, I want to, and, and Ariel, I do want to get your thoughts, but let me just also remind people, because um, I talked about, I said the Texas abortion law, assuming that people would remember what ex exactly this is. So uh, it's going to ban, it bans abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. Um, but the weird part about it that Texas tried to say this isn't you can't bring it to the Supreme Court yet because it, it isn't enforceable. Uh, it's allowing private individuals to bring suit in state court against people who allegedly perform abortions. Um, so it was really weird and unique the way that they wrote it. Uh, but Eric, you just pointed out just now, you know, that was Texas kind of going on the offense yeah. and saying, OK, we'll just be creative about the way that we pass this because Ultimately, we believe that abortion is a state's rights issue and not a federal issue that should have been ever federalized, John. Which even that is kind of, you know, conservatives trying to extend the olive branch to the left because it's like we're making implicitly a moral argument and saying that, no, you should not be allowed to kill children. But then we're like, well, but we'll leave it up to the states to decide. And it's almost like, you know, just just. Be honest. Like, don't <laughs> commit to it instead of like, oh, no, I really, I love the Constitution. I, I like federalism and the Tenth Amendment above, like, the lives of the unborn. And uh, I think that liberalism properly understood, there's a reason why everything that liberalism touches, like, obviously it controls the predominant culture. There's a reason why everything it touches in a long enough timeline will become backwards mm -hmm. and will become inverted. And this is because liberalism properly understood is literally the political arm of Satanism. I say this not hyperbolically. If you don't believe me, I just did a whole, like, hour and a half breakdown of this on my channel. Like if you look at the tenets of the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple, one-to-one -one correlation with liberalism. You look at what Satan said to God. Why? What is that face? Like, like I'm, is, I'm impressed. As if I'm the crazy one. No, I'm, in, I'm, just, I'm, it's, I'm smiling like I'm a proud big sister. Thank you. Well, you know, what Lucifer said to God was, the Latin, I believe, was non-servium. He said, I will not serve. I will not subject myself and my desires to your objective order and authority. And what liberalism always has been is basically the worship of the self. It is, you know, my body, my choice, me. I define reality, not you. If I say I'm a girl, I'm a girl. That's always what it's been about, liberating literally the individual from all constraints, be those constraints of language, culture, family, nation, all of that, to create this like sort of hyper-autonomous individual. And so, uh, as we said, the tenets of Satanism and everything, of course, align with that. And, you know, it gets really hard to kind of read these arguments about viability and sentience and, you know, the mother, and then kind of not recognize child sacrifice when you see it. And it's like, if you look at what takes these people out to the streets more than anything, more than economic issues with occupied Wall Street, even more than racial issues with like Black Lives Matter, what gets people to go to like one centralized location, Washington D.C. every year, is like the Women's March, Roe v. Wade, things like that. Because abortion is the ultimate sacrament of like liberalism. It is the ultimate thing that they could achieve because it has liberated the individual from the thing which they would have the most responsibility for, which is like the life of another human being. And if you look at like sexual attitudes properly understood are probably also like the driving force of like all of humanity. And so they have taken that and they've completely inverted it. They have inverted what sex is as a 
bimodal reality, two genders, and they've said, that's not true. You can be three, four, however many genders you want. They've inverted what sex is as an act. It's not just like, you know, between a man and a woman to create life. It's like, oh, two guys can do it too. And it's like, eh, that's not exactly how that works. Or they've inverted like the purpose of it. It's not to create life. You can kill that. It's just for like pleasure, like the sort of hedonistic attitude. So I think that is uh, very evil and very satanic. And I think the Republicans should crush it into the ground basically because we do kind of have to decide as a society, what problems are we going to have? Because we're always going to have problems. And so I would rather than have a society that elevates death to this pedestal, which I think does subconsciously affect human attitudes towards like, okay, well, if my parents could have killed me, what value do I really have? And I would rather have problems of like, you know, women getting those back alley abortions that we're taught to fear, because it's like, in my opinion, I'm sure you'll agree with this as a libertarian, it's like, if you enter someone's house and threaten their life, you forfeit your right to life, and then whatever happens, happens. So if you're trying to kill a baby and something happens to you during that procedure, Godspeed, but I'm not really going to lose sleep over that, to be honest, because it's not a black and white thing. Like, if we ban abortions, yeah, there's going to be a black market, but we know that 86% of all abortions are done for reasons of personal convenience. Like, I wanted to get an education. I want to keep working. It's not because of this, like, you know, life-threatening situation. So it's like, if we could reduce abortions by 86% in this country, I would consider that to be a win, because that's probably, like, what, 860,000 children that we're saving? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the take. Ariel. He's uh, very eloquent. I was going to say, like, I I disagree with with some of the things you said, (laughs) but I think you said it very well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Um, I I really just want to talk more so about the culture. Yeah. 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 Because that's like what my thing is. I think that the reason the right is finally fighting back or going on the offense, like you said, is because we have, like, I'll I'll compare it to the trans rights issues. It's gotten to the point where Mm -hmm. we're letting, Mm -hmm. you know, people that don't have any hormones or. Whatever. It's too radical. It's too, right, it's too yeah. much. And it's like the Black Lives Matter propping up people like George Floyd, propping up criminals. And then we have people that are fighting f- you know, for the, the rights to a choice of your, you know, the woman's body. But they're going into the streets saying that, like, that it's a good thing we have abortion. Like, it, and it shouldn't be. It's, it, it's a good thing that you can control your body. But it's, I wouldn't say abortion is a good thing because of what you're doing. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, I think that there. I, I while I I would disagree, and I think that it's a human life. I do think that there's a difference in someone saying abortion sometimes should be allowed under certain circumstances um, because you don't know what's happening, but like it shouldn't be something that you should be proud of. Correct. And then That's someone what I'm saying, to say. right. I had as many, you know, I had 10 million abortions. Shouldn't you right. be proud of me? Yeah, That's what I, I'm saying. I understand what, you're, what, I understand what you're saying yes. um, in that. Um, do you think that some people, I mean, I don't know if it's you or just people who you know who previously were left-leaning, um, they hear the left's rhetoric on abortion and basically they want it on demand up until the point of birth in some cases when you have you know governor ralph north ralph northam saying well after the baby is delivered in you know let's say a botched abortion or whatever uh that that decision then is up to the mother so i would say up until the point of birth but you've even had governors come out and kind of say like yeah well i mean it's only a few minutes old so who knows what could happen to it after that do you think that that's turning people off 100%. because I feel like I, I think, some people think, are willing to go yeah you know what even though I did kind of believe in the woman's right to choose I'm, I'm actually I'm actually more with them now yeah I agree I mean I was one of those people not on yeah. the abortion issue but on black rights or black lives matter kind of you know topics and, yeah. and with LGBT stuff like I'm gay myself I'm sick of the of, I'm sick of how far the left 
has gone. It's gone, like you said. It's it's it's. Would you say it comes full circle? It's or you said it's, it's, it's inverted. Yeah, it's inverted. Yeah, well, there, it's, there's it's a pendulum, right? And the pendulum right. is about to swing back. I oh, think, it already is. They've taken it, it too far. It is. Uh, all right, we've got more to come, but we got to take a break. Sorry. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold Group. So uh, I know you guys watch this program, so you realize that inflation is a big thing right now. It's a really serious matter. It is at the highs of the last couple decades, uh, and even though we know how that works and why it happens. The Democrats are still pushing for another massive spending plan. So if you are freaked out about the impact that all of this additional spending is going to have on your already high inflation, number one, uh, you would be correct. Number two, you really need to protect and diversify your savings into physical gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They are the company that I recommend for precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They've got a ton of five-star reviews, thousands of satisfied customers. They can help you protect your hard-earned savings. Don't wait until it's too late. And by the way, uh, there is a section of the IRS tax code that means that you can legally move your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax penalties or anything like that. So do not Wait until you have already lost money. It's time to uh, to get all of your gold in a tax-sheltered account. You can request a free info kit from Birch Gold by texting the word Y, that is W-H-Y, to 989898. This is going to be a really comprehensive uh, kit that's going to reveal how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can make all of that happen. you got to go to uh, text Y, the, the word Y, W-H-Y, to 989898. A new survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation revealed that uh, many parents are still concerned about giving their children vaccinations against COVID-19, which I read this to mean that many parents actually might still have things called reason and logic, which makes me very, very happy. Uh, they said three in 10 say that they will definitely not vaccinate their children. Uh, but then let's see, 29% of parents with kids age five to 11 said that they're, said their kid is vaccinated or they're going to be right away when they become eligible. But a third of parents, five to 11, say they want to wait and see how the vaccine is working for others before getting their younger child vaccinated. And then the three in 10 say they will definitely not. Uh, a further 7% say they will only do so if their school requires it. So only about half of parents say that they are confident that COVID-19 vaccines are safe for adolescents. And 44% uh, say the same for younger children compared to like two thirds who think that it is safe for adults. Uh, now I do want to, oh, by the way, the, they say that in the, in the survey, majorities of parents said they do not have enough information about the safety, effectiveness, or side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines in children. All true, right? These yeah. are all true statements. Uh, but regardless of that, just saw a story. You can find it on theblaze.com. Uh, an 11-year-old girl has been ordered to get vaccinated against COVID-19 by a judge in upstate New York. Uh, the ruling sides with the child's mother and against the child's father, who, by the way, is a well, scientist and a professor. Yeah. So this is not some <laughs> dumb idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about. They're going through this messy uh, child custody issue with this divorced couple. And apparently the girl's two siblings, older siblings, 17 and 19, have already been vaccinated. The mother said, I want the 11-year-old vaccinated. The father reasonably said, I would like to wait because I want to see any of the studies that come out to show that it's safe for children just before we inject our 11-year-old. Uh, the judge said it could be years before any researchers have exacting accounts of either the short or long-term consequences of the administration of this vaccine on 11-year-old girls. So she said waiting 
To be sure, as the father asks, is simply untenable when the specter of a killing or incapacitating disease is swirling in the environment surrounding this young girl. Uh, but the, how many kids have actually died of COVID? It's Ten? a great question, Ariel, but it's not a question I think that the judge is willing to answer because <laughs> in answering that question or even researching that question, the judge would find very quickly that what he or she is saying is not actually at all based in reality. Yeah. So it's a great question. Really great question. <laughs> but coming from New York, does this surprise you? No, it doesn't. Yeah. This is their full, their new, that's my hometown, full of, full of idiotic liberals that just want you know, government paycheck. Yeah, legislating yes. from the bench, I guess. So they said this court weighing the child's best interest cannot wait for the vaccine side effects or efficacy to be scientifically established beyond a reasonable doubt or even to the father's satisfaction. The imminent risk of contracting the disease is too high and the consequences of acquiring it potentially too dire. It just really goes to show how they, I'm, I'm impressed actually with leftists because they're able to control and command the entire conversation and everybody accepts their language and their set of circumstances even though it doesn't make any sense. So the fact that the default that we operate upon is okay, children must be and should be uh, uh, vaccinated is ridiculous. Let's be completely honest. Just, just the language itself, vaccinated and yeah. unvaccinated. Just, it's like cut and uncut. It's assuming none of that it, you're supposed to be cut. Yeah, it, to, it, none of it. Right? It's operating upon uh, which should exist in their their mind. But they, they don't have to, let's say, necessarily explain why that is the case. So like that judge, for example, or really anybody on this that's to the positive or rather affirms that same position does not get to be questioned upon the merit of exactly that. Like, OK, we're trying to jab a bunch of children between that age group who are, I mean, when I talk about statistically insignificant, like I, I, I don't always use that term, mm -hmm. but I think in this context, we have to use it when it comes to both hospitalizations for people that age, as well as uh, death. So the fact that we operate like that is the case makes no sense whatsoever, unless there is something demonic actually going on and that is a freaking demon that would dare to suggest that this kid must be vaccinated and then have nerve to just admit like, well, we don't, we're never gonna know. Well, at least not anytime soon, right. so why right. wait? Just go ahead, do right. it, let's see what happens later. I don't like the fact that you have to even explain yourself, but when you look at the actual data and then you look at the fact that among young people, Within those younger age groups and having these sort of uh, myocarditis and heart heart related issues that have been confirmed by them. Like it's not an opinion. We're we not have other countries who won't give it to younger yes, people. Yes, such as the Moderna. That. They won't even give it to young people for that exact reason. Yet we still like they must get it. Why? I asked why. It's like, well, they might spread it to their, uh, I don't know, immunocompromised yeah. parents. Well, they can do that if they were jabbed, too. So it doesn't like we're operating for uh, upon their set of circumstances and terms. Why? That's what they're so creative at. This is why I know it's kind of a different subject matter, but the quote unquote right does this as well with them. They accept the terms like, hey, here's this uh, subject matter. It actually disproportionately impacts black people like that doesn't mean that it's wrong or right just because it does that. Is it wrong? Is it wrong? Stop accepting their set of circumstances and terms, man. That's how they win. Yeah, John. 
All of this going on with the vaccine or even the way that, I mean, the vaccine in particular being pushed into every aspect of our lives or even, you know, a lot of the things like whether it's the NFL or, or, or television shows or even popular advertising, all being infiltrated with these narratives. It's demoralizing, but it's actually a good thing because it's indicative of the fact that this uh, regime, so to speak, knows that its power is going to come to an end very soon because it's just not sustainable. Um, my- people, people are waking up. It's, so, it's gotten so ridiculous that it's forcing people to wake up. Would you agree with that? I don't I, I don't really believe that the individual has agency. I think that this has probably been the biggest mistake that the Enlightenment made is sort of thinking that the average person has the capacity to be like a free thinker. And so um, this is one of the vulnerabilities in particular of like liberal democracy. So like right now we live under tyranny, but we don't know it. And the reason for that is because, well, uh, what was I going to say about Machiavelli? Right. Okay. So he articulated a concept of, of the two types of political actors. You have foxes and you have lions, he said. Mm-hmm. And lions are strong. You know, they use explicit force to wield power. And in the modern context, that would be like a conservative. Whereas the liberals would be more like the foxes because they can't exactly use that power because they themselves are physically weaker, they're insecure. And so they all they can do is exactly manipulation and deceit, yeah. uh, distorting the truth, distorting the narratives. And so fear what's happened fear, fear is they infiltrated the institutions and they started saying, well, all the things that the lion would have to to want to conserve and use power to protect, family, nation, God, that's all outdated. That's unprogressive. We don't need that anymore. And the lion doesn't use cunning and deceit, not because he doesn't know how to, but because conservatives tend to think that we don't need to, because they, that would be sacrificing principles. And, well, that's playing dirty. We don't want to do that. And so we choose not to. And so, resultantly, the country has been taken over by foxes. And so, because reality starts to drift farther and farther away from these narratives, they have to keep updating the narratives and explaining them. And that's why people will say one thing January 2020. By January 2021, they're saying a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And we pointed that and we're like, ha you don't know what you believe. And it's like, yeah. It doesn't matter. It worked. They're the masses. They, they don't think about yeah, these things. They are trained to just submit to the narratives. So the good news is that over time, as these narratives continue to drift further and further away from reality, the regime is going to lose touch with what it actually takes to maintain and wield power, which is going to lead to some sort of collapse and the lions are going to come back and take control of things. But you know that it's getting to that point quite quickly because they are trying to supplement the insecurity that they feel within the population, starting to question things with different forms of not explicit power, but soft power. This would be things like a mass ritual. We're all going to take this vaccine. Maybe it doesn't do anything, maybe it does, but just so that they know we can at least get people to do this. Or on the other side of that coin, we're going to have the NFL, you know, waving pride flags, or we're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, popular advertising depict people getting the vaccine as a way of saying to people, this is who we are. This is what you have to do. This is what we're doing. This is what the consensus is. And that's actually a good thing because it means that they know that their power is getting less and less secure as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me let's let's take a break. And then I kind of want to get back to uh, I had one more point, actually. Well, let's let's take a break and then I'll let you make that point. John, this Doyle. is why it's so important to to study history. I just literally just said, let me get to the, let me get to the break first and then I'm going to let you get to your point. You have to listen. It will keep it in that big brain of yours, John. Uh, all right. We want to thank Built Bar. So uh, here's the thing. There are going to be a lot of temptations this holiday season. They're going to have pies, cakes, cookies, all the things that you don't want to do, especially if uh, one of your New Year's resolutions you already know is going to be to lose weight. What you need to do is stock your pantry with Built Bar. Uh, it's funny, I, uh, I actually, I have my parents here with me today offset, and I have gotten them hooked on Built Bar as well. So they come into town and my dad's like, got any more Built Bars? Got any more Built Bars you want to share with me? And uh, it's great because they know that if they are watching their calories, they're watching their sugar, they're watching their carbs, they can still eat Built Bar. Even
even though it's covered in 100% chocolate and it tastes like you're eating a candy bar, it is still a protein bar at its heart. So you are not going to have to feel guilty about eating it, but it's going to taste like you should. All right, you got to go over to built.com. If you use promo code NEWS15, you can get 15% off of your order. Get a mix box if you've never ordered from them before. They'll give you a couple of each of their regular flavors. You can figure out which one you like the best and stock up on it over at built.com. That is B-U-I-L-T.com, promo code NEWS15. All right, John avoided talking during the break so that he could remember what it was that he was going to say. Go. I did. And first of all, thank you for letting me finish my point. I am so <laughs> blessed to have this opportunity. But as I was saying, I think it is so important for people uh, who understand sort of what's going on to outsource their education in terms of history to things that exist outside of airport bookstores and even public education. Because it's like our entire concept of, of history and tyranny in particular was taught to us by like a liberalized education system. Mm -hmm. And so what they're saying, literally like the state education. And so what they told us was tyranny is when there's a guy and he's just crazy and he gets all these people to listen to him and then he just has total control over you and, and that's that's a dictator and that's bad. And you know, it's all of this centralized power and it's all being wielded against you and we're like, uh-oh, well as long as we don't have that, we're good. But it's like the tyranny that we live under right now is ideological tyranny. It doesn't have to necessarily be centralized. It's not like a government controlling the government media and government corporations all screwing you over, but they're all serving the same ideological thing. So it doesn't have to be centralized. It's decentralized, but that doesn't mean it's less power. It's still cumulatively screwing you over, but we don't realize it. I would think it's more powerful because exactly. we're not aware of it's it. It's more subtle. Mm -hmm. We don't have someone we can point at and be like, that's a dictator, isn't it? It's because it doesn't exist. And that's the brilliance of liberal democracy, how it hides its tyranny, because it convinces you that as long as it's these private companies who are operating under the same ideology, communism uh, or the state or whatever, well, they, it can't be tyranny. And as long as I, I, I refuse to accept their terms because it's not, they're not private institutions. Because I think them hijacking that and actually being able to act as if they're acting as private actors when they're at serving the ideology of leftists, particularly Marxists more directly, I refuse to accept that as like private. I will not grant them that term. I just refuse to do it. I agree it. with that, actually. I refuse to do it. But that's what's scary about it, too, is it's like we get it, right? But because we live under democracy, everything that the regime does is justified. Yes. So they command the narratives which define the reality of the masses whose votes are just as important as ours. And it's like even if we get what's going on, it doesn't matter because all the actions of the regime are going to be justified by the voting. That's all going to affect yeah. us directly. You're just making me really depressed, honestly. No, I'm not. No, I should so be making you angry. White, white don't let this get you into despair. <laughs> no, get don't make, angry. Don't get angry. Get, in, get inspired. White, white get inspired penis. to make white change. Get angry. Well, yeah, get passionate to make change. Because people get just angry. They, they get angry. They don't do We're anything about it. I think That's we will, too. And you, and you know why I think we will? It goes back to the last segment that we did. And I know we've only got like 30 seconds here. But it goes back to the last segment we did on the children. Yes. I would like to believe as a mother that it's going to be all the parents out there that are finally, they're seeing all of their schools turn to CRT. Yes. They're seeing all the radicalism. Yes. They're seeing their kids have to use, uh, you know, gender neutral bathrooms, changing rooms. They're seeing them try to inject their kids with the vaccine against their consent. And they're like, hold on a second. This is my child. You don't have authority over them. Uh, and I, I'm hoping that well, what as, happened as in long Virginia as culture, is going uh, to The point I've been making for the last yeah, decade, John, just, just alluded to it. Uh, getting that message out there to things outside of that individual thing that they control, such as public education, is going to be key in order to sort of influence that next current generation and next generation. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back.
a wonderful viewer actually sent me this. This is a, the latest with Android phones. Uh, they'll explain it in the clip. But I, we did vet this. This is true. Uh, let's go ahead and watch. It's going to make you sick. So I came across this post today that said, if you have an Android, hold down your home button and ask your phone to sing a song. So I have an Android and I did it. Sing a song. Let's celebrate that we have the vaccine to help us bring a change to this whole routine. It can help us build our immunities while taking care of our communities. Vaccines are safe and an important step towards opening up and changing again. And going somewhere we could visit for the wrong reason. For the wrong reason. Scientists work night and day. After time, they found a way. Superheroes. Say what you will, but. At least, like, Soviet propaganda was good. Like, like, <laughs> it was, the posters were excellent. Yeah, you could, like, look at it. It was, like, aesthetically pleasing. The songs were good. Just ask me to sing the vaccine song. It is, it's really, really bad. I mean, like, leftists can't meme, and we all know that, but, like, leftists can't really do anything when it comes to propaganda. It's just yeah. really disgusting. Get better at your propaganda. Get better at your propaganda, please. All well, right? That's why they use the word bigots and racist every five oh. seconds. It's the easiest way to convince people to think differently. It is. It's so gross. Well, it has been a pleasure, you guys. Thanks for joining me. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.